This is Michael Fordham, and you're listening to Turn It Up, our newest show featured on The Measure of Truth on blogtalkradio.com. Turn It Up is all about independent recording artists of all kinds. R&B, rap, jazz, neo-soul, rock, gospel, country, or any random genre you can think of. Turn It Up is here to feature and help independent artists by giving you the opportunity to be heard on live radio and share your music across the globe and take your talents to the next level. By showcasing new music, sharing studio recording tips and tricks to help make your tracks stand out like the pros, and industry information to help you choose the right path and keep you in the game. Every week we bring you new artists, industry insiders, and fresh new tracks that you won't be able to hear anywhere else. The truth is, if you're an independent artist trying to make it in the music biz, you need all the help you can get. So stop procrastinating, get your demos together, and get ready to turn it up. If you're listening on blogtalkradio.com or even the Blog Talk Radio player on my Facebook page, this is your chance to call in live. So give us a call. 347-326-9470. Or if you like, you can tweet your questions and comments at twitter.com slash a measure of truth. Or message me on Facebook and give the last four digits of your phone number and I'll be sure to patch you in when I see you on the switchboard. But you can't get friends benefits if you're not connected. So if you haven't yet, look me up on Facebook. I'm the Michael Fordham with a photo of me in studio and you can always email me your questions and comments at a measure of truth at gmail.com. Be sure to post and share this link on your social media. We've got a great show for you tonight. We'll be right back after this. Paul Lawrence, a.k.a. P.J. Morgan, is best known as the organist organist. The Washington, D.C. native grew up in a musical family, getting his exposure to the Hammond organ in a small Pentecostal church where his family served. After years of performing and playing in church, his big break into the music industry came when he was asked to fill in for a keyboardist who was unable to play for multi-award-winning jazz musician Ben Tankard. Impressed with PJ's creativity and productivity, both on and off the instrument, Tankard moved PJ to Nashville to be his music director and assist in building his record company. Since then, PJ has been on a blazing trail, playing in gospel and mainstream genres and earning well-deserved accolades as a performer, producer, and teacher. In his career span, PJ has become a renowned musician and producer, sought after by some of the most recognizable artists in the music industry. He has appeared on almost 20 albums by artists such as Dorothy Norwood, Ben Tankard, William Beckton, Desmond Pringle, Moret Brown Clark, as a producer, songwriter, arranger, programmer, or musician. He has toured with Najee, Bobby Jones, Karen Clark Sherrod, Ben Tankard, Yolanda Adams, and William Beckton. PJ is a three-time Stellar Gospel Music Award nominee for Producer of the Year. The new endeavor for PJ is to record his own album, The Transparency Project. As a solo debut project, The Transparency Project boasts PJ's original smooth jazz compositions, Hit the Floor and Closer and allows his church influence to flow through his dynamic organ arrangements of classical hymns, Yes, God is Real, and As the Deer. The Transparency Project gives PJ an opportunity to step into the spotlight as the featured musician, songwriter, and producer. The album is set to release in 2018 via 1DMV Music. PJ Morgan, welcome to Turn It Up.
All right, welcome to a Man on the Street edition of Turn It Up. And we're here with PJ Morgan here at Reed Temple AME here in Glendale, Maryland. And we're live from the studio there at um, Reed Temple. Amazing studio, by the way. And um, we're talking to PJ Morgan. PJ, welcome to Turn It Up. Hey, Michael, thanks for having me, man. It's a pleasure to be here. Man, well, thank you for inviting me here, man. I'm just so blown away by the facilities here. And, um, you know, I, I've been listening to your music and um, just really getting the feel for this flow that you have. And, and, and it's all over the place. And I love that because you're really sort of expressing, you know, the dynamic range of um, the artists you've had a chance to work with and just your gift in itself. Um, just tell us a little bit about this first CD before we um, go into some of the other things we want to talk about today. Well, the name of the CD is called The Transparency Project. So I call it my sonic truth, mm. meaning that it is the sound of my heart on a digital platform. Wow. So it ranges from smooth jazz to gospel to gospel jazz. And then at the end, we do straight gospel. Mm. And it's just everything that I've been through, everything that I've experienced, I tried to put it on one CD. Yeah, and you've been blessed to work with a number of phenomenal artists, but, you know, this has always been sort of a, a background role for you. And just tell us a little bit about the various hats you've worn and some of the artists that you've worked with in the past as well. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, I've recorded with artists such as Bishop Paul Morton, Tremaine mm -hmm. Hawkins, mm -hmm. Dorothy Norwood. Um, I've toured with artists such as Ben Tanker, Yolanda Adams, Karen Clark. I've produced artists such as uh, Twinkie Clark, Albertina Walker, Ben Tankert, Morette Brown-Clark. And I've been blessed to play for most people in the gospel and jazz arenas. Um, it's a I've been blessed to have a pretty hefty resume. So, That's awesome. Yeah, it's it's a blessing. You know. And with that, you have a wealth of knowledge in the industry, which for a new artist is something that's mostly lacking. People sort of feel their way through and they end up making a lot of mistakes and a lot of bad decisions just because they don't understand the industry. Now, coming from the background, moving now forward to the front of the stage, how's that transition been to you? The transition, Michael, is still kind of difficult because I'm mm. moving in an arena where now the arena is changing. Yes. So, mm -hmm. for example, uh, last Friday, Best Buy finished up his round of selling CDs. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mm. So Best Buy doesn't sell CDs anymore, and we're in the land of streaming, mm -hmm. and we're kind of in between two generations of music. So right. as, an, as a new artist with some experience in the industry as a, a background guy, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to capture both worlds, if that makes sense. Yes. So there are still people who buy CDs and mm -hmm. there are people who are streaming and doing downloads. So what uh, myself and my team is doing, we are trying to catch both audiences while we're in this uh, changing of the guards as far as the industry. Mm -hmm. But it's still, as an artist, it still is different. Yeah. And, you know, being a background guy, you don't have a lot of responsibility. You play. Right. You know, somebody tells you to get on a plane, they pay for the plane. You don't know any of the, you know, the horror stories of how <laughs> things have to happen. Right, but now right. as an artist, I am responsible for everything. Mm -hmm. And everything that happens is my responsibility. 
Mm-hmm. And it's a reflection on me. So mm-hmm. that it's a, it's a different level of responsibility. And right. even though I've seen it now that I'm in the driver's chair, it's, it's still a little different, but yeah. I'm grateful that I have a little bit of knowledge on what kind of things not to do. And I'm grateful that I have a host of people around me. And I realize that I'm a new guy. So I ask a lot of people who have already done this. Hey, mm. man, what should I do? Right. Hey, sis, how, how do I handle this situation? Mm-hmm. So I, I'm I'm learning with a past experience in another genre. Right, right. And you have a lot of great people to ask those questions to. And, you know, like you said, it's a big responsibility. You're like PJ Morgan CEO now, you know, of your yeah, brand. Think, and yep. And, and that's a big that way, responsibility. That's the absolute truth. Yeah, yeah. And so with that, you you have to even look at your your music and yourself as an artist a different way as well. Yes. Yeah. So and um, so putting on this new hat, um, what some of the same things you just mentioned, but what are the, some of the key points of the focus that's changed for you as far as how you approach um, your craft and marketing your music towards the audience that you're looking for? Well, what's changed is this. I have to have good relationships with everybody that I deal with. Mm -hmm. As a musician or a background guy, whether I had a relationship with anybody, it didn't matter. I didn't have to know any promoters. I didn't have to know any uh, booking agents. I didn't have to know any managers because Mm -hmm. I was hired by the artist. The artist takes care of my pay, my travel, my you know, basically everything. And I just work for the artist and then go home. Hmm. Now I have to develop relationships. Because yeah. You have to come back to those relationships mm-hmm. in order to make it. And for me, I need all the help that I can get. Right. So with every promoter, with every marketing agent, with every radio personality, with every video personality, I need to develop great relationships with them. So that's mm-hmm. what's different for me mm-hmm. on that front. And then as far as my audience, I have to figure out the best ways to reach my audience. And I really have to project who my audience is and mm-hmm. I have to really kind of go get them. Yeah, absolutely. So that is that's being a musician. I've never had to worry about. That. Right. So now, OK, my audience, what do they want? What are they feeling? What kind of events are they going to? Can I set up this? I can't set up this concert today because all of my audience will be at the jazz fest or all of my audience will be at the jazz cruise. So I won't set up any dates here. And when they come back, they may not have enough money to come to my event. So let's wait three weeks after they get off the cruise and then let's set up the event. So it's, it's, it's that kind of thinking that Mm -hmm. changes and changes my paradigm as far as an artist (laughs) and branding. So it's, it's a lot. Right. Yeah. So now you're doing strategic thinking before you were just doing music and making sure you were in the right mood to do what you do. And that was it. Exactly. (laughs) That's awesome. That's awesome. And, um, you know, one of the first tracks that um, caught my attention, and, and this is one of the first ones we want to play today, is this track, Closer. And um, it's a very funky track, and it's very upbeat, a lot of energy to it. And um, tell us a little bit about what that was all about for you. Um, Closer just referred to where I am now compared to where I was then with my with my family. Mm. So I have a wife and two kids Mm -hmm. and maybe 10 years ago, things were not this busy. Right. So right now I have a 22 year old daughter. She's about to graduate Spelman. 
Mm-hmm. I have a 14-year-old daughter who is going into her second year at Duke Ellington School of the Arts. Wow, okay. As a theater major. And I also teach there, and that's a whole nother conversation. Right. <laughs> uh, my wife just finished her master's degree. I am working on this CD, and everybody is just running around and wow. running around. Wow, And the song Closer just took my mind back to a time when we had more time. So now everything has to be scheduled. My youngest girl is in Atlanta. So when she comes here, we got to find time or make time to, to be together. And closer is just referring to just to a time when we were just that closer. Mm. So, you know, just all of the thoughts and all of the things that we did together as a family before everybody was out chasing their dreams yeah. is where, you know, it's just, it's a, it's a nostalgia point for me. Wow. So, you know, you got all this, um, powerful energy in the household right now where everybody's just making it happen, making big changes in their lives and just transitioning and moving forward. Yeah. That, that's yeah. a real blessing in itself. It, though. It's a blessing. And at the same time, it's moving a hundred miles an hour. Wow. Wow. It's a hundred miles an hour. Like we, there was a time during the summer when we, you know, everybody slept in late, you know, we get up <laughs> 10, 11, eat breakfast, watch TV. Right, right. Those days are gone, man. Yeah. Six o'clock, six thirty. Everybody's up doing something. Everybody's wow. out the house. That's everybody's great. working on something. Everybody has a project and interview. Mm. So it's, you know, everybody's moving around and it's, you know, me as a dad and somebody who loves his wife and kids, mm-hmm. you know, I can't get my hands on them. So right, right. I just think about you know, man, remember when we all had time? Remember we would just sit on the couch and watch TV mm-hmm. and laugh. So that that's what Closer is from. Yeah, and I, and I love that about artists as well. When they when they put their life in their music, that's when people really can feel it and appreciate it and sort of relate to it. So here we are, Closer, PJ Morgan on Turn It Up.
Amazing track, PJ. Um, I, I really like that. It gets me going every time, every time. Thank you, man. Glad you enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, and you know something? You are um, known in the industry as um, a powerful organ player as well and powerful musician. And I wanted to talk a little bit about the, the Hammond organ and what it means to the black church. Because it's such a powerful um, instrument, its tone, its sound, and everything. I read up on it, and I found out some things that truly amazed me about even its frequency and its pitch and how it moves people. Tell us a little bit about that instrument. Well, the Hammond organ is what I call the emblem of the black church. Mm. So when you see the Mercedes-Benz emblem, Mm -hmm. it tells you everything that you need to know about class, Mm. about luxury, Mm. about it being expensive. When you hear the Hammond organ or you see the Hammond organ, it tells you about the black church. It tells you about the, the power of the black church. It tells you about the sound, the emotions, the spirituality of the black church. And for me, it's it's just a wonderful thing. And what I mean by that is, um, for example, it doesn't matter what size church you can go to. You're usually going to find a Hammond organ. You can go into a big church that seats three, four thousand. You can see a Hammond organ. And at the same time, you can go into a small church that seats 50 people mm-hmm. and has 30 members. Guess what you're going to see? Right. A Hammond organ. Mm-hmm. So it's it's the staple of the church and it's the sound of the church. Um, without getting too technical, all of the tones of the Hammond that are played at the same time are very, very moving. It comes with a big speaker called a Leslie mm-hmm. and Man, once you get that thing, you know, cranking, it can act, it, it moves you physically, mm-hmm. spiritually, and, and the whole nine. So, um, the Hammond organ is a staple of the church. It's how I made, it's how I cut my teeth in this industry. Mm-hmm. So, on my CD there, my last three tunes are just Hammond organ tunes. Mm, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. And it's, it's my tribute to the Hammond and, and what it's meant for me. Mm-hmm. Um, shout out to Hammond USA. I'm also endorsed by Hammond. Oh, great. Yeah. So shout out to Hammond USA in Chicago and Japan. <laughs> um, yeah, we, we've had a, we've had a good relationship. I've been with Hammond, I don't know, six, seven years now. Oh, wow. Oh, that's yep. great. That's great. Yeah, I did some research and talked to some people about the Hammond, found out that they used to make um, clocks at one time and the way their system is set up and, you know, it's maintenance with oil and these things that spin. And oh, yeah. it's just phenomenal, um, the technology that they put into it way back when, before it was a digital product. And it just blows me away. And um, for me, I've always thought of the Hammond um, almost like an atmosphere, like candlelight. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. and um, it's something so powerful in the church, especially for someone who really knows how to play it. And there are many people who play piano and they play other organs that really don't know how to play a Hammond. You don't just sit down to a Hammond and be able to play it. Hammond is a different instrument. It's different from a piano. It's different from a pipe organ. Mm-hmm. They, they, the pipe organ, the Hammond organ and the piano, even though they all have keys, they are three totally different instruments and you have to approach them. In mm-hmm. different ways, if mm-hmm. you're going to get the proper effect that you want from each of those instruments. All right. So, PJ, um, you had some experience also in the record industry. It's one of your early breaks. Um, just tell us a little bit about that story and, um, you know, how it's helping you to be able to release your first CD as well. Well, one of the things that helped me was uh, my move to Nashville. Mm hmm. 
So let's see. Let's try to abridge this story. Um, a lot of my buddies who went to Howard University, um, Raymond Angry, Chris Dave, people like that. Um, and Chris Dave came from Houston, Texas, which is in the same spot where Yolanda Adams came from. Hmm. So Yolanda did a concert up here and Chris got a lot of his buddies. Now, I wasn't included in that, mm -hmm. um, but a lot of his buddies from Howard did a bunch of things with Yolanda. And when, and at the time, Yolanda was signed with Tribute Records and which Ben Tankard was the, uh, was the chief operating officer or chief A&R mm. and one of the top producers of that company. And they were doing something for Yolanda and Ben had a need and they couldn't do it. So a buddy of mine, saxophonist by the name of Phil French said, Hey, can you do some fill in dates for Ben Tankard? Of course I can. <laughs> so I, Ended up playing with Ben Tanker. Mm -hmm. And then when some of the other guys from Howard went on the road, I ended up playing for Yolanda Adams. And we did a lot of dates and things like that. Ben Tanker told me one time, he said, hey, man, it's getting ridiculous coming back and forth. You might as well move to Nashville and help me run my company. Mm -hmm. So I moved to Nashville, I believe it was 94. Mm -hmm. And I helped him run uh, Tribute Records. Wow. And we, the first record I did uh, that I co-produced with him was the Ben Tankard and the Tribe of Benjamin record. Mm. It was nominated for two Stellars. Wow. And um, we went and toured for maybe two years off of that one record. Wow. Man, what a blessing. I mean, talking about getting a running start, I mean, you just really just hit the slope, man, and that was it. It just happen for you because yeah, but i was but i was working you know hard before that here in the city playing mm -hmm. with you know local artists right right um, you know local artists like toby palmer and chosen generation like morette brown clark mm -hmm. uh like uh different church choirs different community choirs mm -hmm. uh playing at gibbons united methodist church so mm -hmm. i was you know that was that was my big break, but there was always sure. you know I was always churning on the wheel mm -hmm. before that. And what I look at though is when you get a chance to peek behind the curtain, because there's always a guy on this side of the desk and the guy on that side of the desk. And when this guy gets to go on this side, that that changes things. That that's a that's information you wouldn't get otherwise. You are absolutely right. So mm -hmm. I learned a lot with Ben Tanker. I learned a lot with. Yolanda Adams. And what I would suggest for anybody who is in the industry, wherever you are, make sure that you capture everything you can in that moment. Right. I, used to, I used to watch Yolanda. I used to watch Ben. Um, and once I got down to Nashville, um, I started playing for Bobby Jones. And I played mm. for Bobby Jones off and on for 19 years. Wow. So, you know, that was another big entity, a TV entity where I got to watch I got to see how Bobby Jones handled it, how he maneuvered situations and how he used his TV show to kind of parlay something different. Right. So even though you're a musician, don't get so caught in what you're doing that you're not watching and learning. Because for me, I'm always saying, OK, what's the next step? Yeah. And even though those things were wonderful, even though touring was wonderful, I always knew I said, OK. I'm, you know, I'm in my 20s now. That's good. But <laughs> in my 30s and 40s, I don't know if I'll be able to handle this tour, you know, this tour pace. Right, right. Okay, so what's next? 
Right. In case I want to do this, hey, learn this, learn mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. And what has kept me, Michael, is that I have tried to always be able to wear different hats because all of this stuff, believe it or not, is seasonal. Tours are seasonal. Sure. sure. And when you, you know, tours are spring, summer, mm-hmm. winter, mm-hmm. not a lot of people are touring. So when people aren't touring, you need to know how to do something else. You know, so I learned how to record. I learned how to produce. Mm. I learned how to, you know, do a bunch of other things. Um, in 2012, once I got back here, um, I came back to D.C. Uh, getting a job here at Reed Temple. When we only had about 700 members. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, it was. Wow. It was. And it was, it, to be honest, it was a God move. A friend of mine said, "Hey, man, I really need you to help me with this church. Mm. They're, they're growing. They're gonna be, they're gonna be something great. Wow! I need you. To, I need you on this end of it to mm. help me grow it. And mm-hmm. when I got here, there were 750 members. Wow! And now we're in excess of 20,000 with three locations here, Silver Spring, and DC. Mm-hmm. So for me, you know, that was okay. Let me." Go here and do the next move. Um, in 2012, I got an education. You know, I took all of my, even though I had experience, I hadn't had a formal education. Mm-hmm. So I went to Bowie State University mm-hmm. at 42 years of age. That's when I had my first piano lesson, which is crazy after being in the <laughs> industry for a thousand years. And really? I was sitting, yeah, oh man, um, going so, back to So school, were you playing by ear before? All by ear. Oh, you're kidding. Wow. Like, all by ear. Wow. So I went back to school. People thought I was a teacher. <laughs> um, I'm, you know, you got this old guy with gray hair in class, walking around the campus with a book bag. And most of my uh, fellow students were kids that were the same age as my oldest daughter. Wow. You know, hey, let's meet at this place. Mm. Oh, I can't go in there. I'm, I'm, I'm not 21. <laughs> okay, cool. But, you know, I learned and that kind of catapulted me once I got my degree it opened a whole bunch of other doors mm-hmm. so for me it's always been okay what's the next step how do I push myself into the next thing how do I not be satisfied with I'm happy with everything that's going on but how do I not settle yeah because when you settle you kind of live there and then when times change then you're stuck and I always say that I don't want to be a dinosaur in this industry and be extinct. Mm. I'm always trying to change with what's going on. I'm always trying to adapt to what's happening. Right. It's difficult, but mm-hmm. I think it's absolutely necessary. Absolutely. And you you bring um, to the forefront a really good point is a lot of artists are, are dying because they will not adapt. They won't um, adopt social media. They won't go out and get their audience they won't make those changes and um live performances are great but you have to do a lot more than that um ticket sales and even cd sales are not going to make it in today's industry so um you know going into it knowing that and working towards that goal right away i think is something that's going to help quite a bit but your experiences have put a, a wellspring of knowledge in you that's now going to start to ooze out because it's going to be needed at such a high level. It's going to be drawn out of you. And I think that that in itself is going to propel you forward in this industry. That is the hope. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I'm sure that that's going to happen. You know, um, it's easy for me to hear that kind of story of success ahead of time and know that, yeah, this is how it's going to end. 
you know, and it sounds to me like you've got something really good going for you, which most artists don't have. I can see that you're willing to take advantage of, and I'm sure it's going to work very well for you. Yeah, I'm I'm doing my best to. Okay, here's the thing. A lot of times people live where they're celebrated. Mm. You know, a lot of times you, mm-hmm. you take like, you know, my older uncles, they always talk about their football days. Mm. That's 40 years ago. Right, right. 70 pounds ago. (laughs) So it's like, okay, what are you doing now? Mm -hmm. And that's always my, that's always my thing. What am I doing now? What am I doing now? Okay, that was good. And I try to celebrate, you know, the things that happen good. And I'm not saying that the things that have happened in my life are not good, but I'm always trying to move forward. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want, I'm afraid of getting stuck. Right. So and, and you've been in the industry long enough to actually see that happen to people. Oh, I see it. I see it happen every year. Yeah. I see it happen. I see it happen in the church. Uh-huh. I see it happen in the industry and as the industry change changes, you mm-hmm. know. Because I mean, there aren't a lot of record companies anymore. Radio is changing. We're in now we're now in Atlanta streaming. If you buy a car after 2016, it doesn't even have a CD player. Right. So how do you how do you adapt? How do you learn? How do you how do you get on top of the game? You know? mm. And again, you have to stay flexible and you have to th- be forward thinking as well. And just like you said, you have to ask other people Always. who are already doing it. And um, you don't have to do exactly what they do, but you'll learn something from it. And yeah. um, and that's one of the reasons why we have turned it up is because um, in the very beginning, when things started transitioning, I found that a lot of artists were not talking to each other. They were only talking to people who would listen to their music, their friends and not understanding how they could still better the product that they were producing. And without, you know, there being a forum where people would talk about the nuts and bolts, they weren't moving either. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I, I get that. I yeah. get that. Well, let, let's um, I don't want to talk too long without um, making sure people get a chance to hear your music. Um, tell us a little bit about um, Hit the Floor. Hit the Floor is my jazz single. It came mm. out March 2nd. Um, the record came out June 1st. So here's the thing about Hit the Floor. Um, where my life is now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm in, in my heart. I'm a kid. So mm-hmm. I'm even though I'm an adult. <laughs> the way my brain works, it, mm. it's like a kid. Right. So I see everything in cartoons. Mm. One, mm. two. There's always music playing in my head. Mm. With there's always a soundtrack to everything that's going on. You know. So at home, you know, when my wife yells my name because I leave up the toilet seat, <laughs> you know, there's ominous music in the background because I know I'm going to get in trouble. Uh, or if I, you know, I uh, I do most of the cooking at the house. So if I cook a good meal and everybody loves it. And in my head, there's this this happy music, and that's just how my brain works. Yeah, yeah. So hit the floor is is my it's the compilation of my day. So when I get up in the morning, everything is in slow motion because I'm sleepy. I'm mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. I'm knocked out. Mm-hmm. I'm half conscious, and you know usually I'm the first one to get up. When my feet hit the floor. Everything goes from zero to a hundred. <laughs> the phone starts ringing. Once the girls get up, then it's this. Once the wife gets up, then it's this. Honey, did you do this? Make sure you do this before you leave. Nope, you can't leave. Take out the trash. 
my daughter, I need a ride here. You got to pick up my friend, my other daughter. Hey, I need some money. I need $40 cash. And I need it in the next 10 minutes because I'm leaving. And everything is just going fast. And everything is going 100 miles an hour mm-hmm. when my feet hit the floor until I lay down. And then the process starts again. Right. <laughs> so that that is the premise uh, of that song. Uh, it's almost like a, a soundtrack to your day. Yes, it's a sound. It's a soundtrack to the beginning of the day. The beginning of the right. day. Right. So everything is slow motion, <laughs> slow motion. Mm. I pull the covers back, and then as soon as my feet hit the floor, boom. Mm. That's mm. that. That's what it's. And I just did a soundtrack to that part of my life. Awesome. Well, here it is. Hit the floor. P.J. Morgan on turn it up.
All right, now I'm up and running. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, man. So um, I wanted to um, dig a little bit into, so you've got your CD out there. What are you doing online to promote yourself and some of the sites that people can go to to hear your music, find out a little bit more about you? Okay, well, um, what I did was I hired a marketing and promotions team. Mm. Um, and that was one of the best things I could do. Shout out to the Bellamy group, Benita Bellamy, uh, out of Nashville, Tennessee. She handles a lot of the marketing mm-hmm. and the promotion and I handle a lot of the music. Um, I also have two business partners and we started a small label called One DMV mm-hmm. Music Group. Shout mm-hmm. out to Ernest Mabry and shout out to Paul Shackelford, um, for all of the help and everything we do. So we meet and we kind of plan out everything that we're going to do because there are two sides. There's a music side and then there's the business side. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times creative people, they concentrate so hard on the music that they don't think about the marketing. And there are a lot of genius records out here. There are a lot of incredible CDs out here. But if nobody knows that you have a CD, Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter that it's the best thing in the world. Right. Right. Exactly. So, um, what, now, for example, I finished this record um December of 2016, going oh. into 2017. Mm-hmm. And it took me a whole year uh to get all the pieces in the right order and to get monies together and to select all of the people that I'm, you know, using. Um, my marketing team, my record label, my lawyer, shout out to James Walker. In Atlanta, Georgia, one of the greatest lawyers to do it. He used to uh, be a lawyer for Michael Jackson. Really? Wow. Yeah. So mm. to get all of that stuff straight was the work. Mm. Because here's here's where a lot of people get it wrong. You build up this momentum for your music or you spend money for your music and then you run out of money. And you wait until you get the money to do the other parts of it. You wait until right. you get the other money to do the marketing. Mm-hmm. But now you've lost your momentum. Exactly. So you got to build your momentum again to do the marketing. Mm-hmm. And usually this is for a song or two. Mm-hmm. And then when you put out another song, you got to build the momentum up. And really what you want to do is you want to have all of your ducks in order. And you want to be able to plan out for at least six months to a year. Okay, I have enough money. I have enough capital. So for this six months, we'll push this, we'll push this, we'll push this. So with that being said, uh, we have hit social media really hard. Um, we've hit social media. So everybody on my team is posting. Um, I am PJ underscore Morgan on all platforms. On my Facebook music page, it's PJ Morgan Music. Mm. And that's where I try to reach all of my followers and gain all of my followers. But... um our marketing team has gone out to other sites, you gospel, mm, uh, mm-hmm. jazz is jazz dot, uh, jazz.com, smooth jazz.com, you know, and we have all of that stuff going. So like, for example, I'm in two magazines. Uh, I'm in the jazz is summer issue. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I have, they have a write up about my single. They have a write up about not a write up, but they have a, uh, two of my banners. And I'm also included in the jazz C hot summer CD compilation. Nice. So that's a, for me, that's a mm-hmm. major accomplishment. Mm-hmm. I'm also in the June issue of Jazz Times magazine, but all of that stuff was planned out. So if, 
if the information about PJ Morgan is getting hit from all sides, then then we have some momentum. So now, like, I haven't even tackled gospel yet. So my first gospel single drops July 13th on Gospel Radio. That's called um, Last Time. But this is the plan. So we've been pushing, pushing, pushing since March 1st. Mm -hmm. We pushed the single. We had enough money. We had enough budget. We had it in the plans to push. So and with the push, we're hoping that the momentum gets us to a point where we don't. It's almost like a plane. If you go fast enough and you get enough lift, then you don't need as much power to get going what you need to get going. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Mm -hmm. if I can do a few more concerts, you know, if I can continue to do things like what we're doing here, then that will help the momentum of what we're doing. Oh, wow. Well, let me just say this right here and now that you're always welcome back to turn it up. Wow. Thank anytime. you. I appreciate that. And um, it, it doesn't matter what day. If you need airtime, I can always give you 10 minutes at least okay. on I any Friday. That. So, um, yeah. Okay. But, uh, so now let me look. Can I cash in on that right now? Sure. <laughs> I need everybody who listens to this uh, broadcast to come to my CD party. It's at City Winery. In D.C., 1350 Oakey Street, on Monday, July 30th. That's a Monday night. Monday night, July 30th at City Winery, D.C., 1350 Oakey Street. I know you've probably never heard of that, but for those of you who used to be clubbers, it is the Old Love Nightclub. Oh. Exactly. (laughs) And for those of you who are native Washingtonians, it's where Heck Company used to be on New York Avenue. All of that area is now called Ivy City. So right, right. that's that's where we are. I'm I'm doing uh, most of the songs for my CD. I'm bringing down my singers. I got a, a orchestra coming, a four piece string orchestra. Uh, I'm bringing my full horn section. I'm bringing my uh, and my rhythm section. So we are going to have an absolute party. And if everybody could come out, that would be great. You can go to my website to get tickets. Uh, www.pjmorganmusic.com or you can go to citywinery.com click on DC click on the dates if you click on July 30th you can get tickets from there VIP is only $22 regular seating is $20 uh, seating in the back is $18 and bar seats are $15 and we are going to have a good time it's an absolute new uh, restaurant mm. um, a lot of people haven't been there yet Um Somebody gave me a great, a great deal on it. Somebody said, hey, let me get you in on City Winery. Again, another relationship that I had. Let me get you in on City Winery before everybody else gets to it. Right. So, yeah, please meet me out at City Winery, Monday, July 30th, 2018, 1350 Oakey Street in Northeast, right off of New York Avenue. Wow. And and look, when you have... um. Other uh, marketing on that, feel free to post it on my Facebook. Um, I will. Or... I, yeah, I will um, send you a flyer. Okay. Wow. Very good, man. That sounds great, man. And that's coming up very soon. Yeah. This um, interview is done on um, July the eleventh. So um, just a, you know, couple weeks to get yourself together for that. Nineteen days. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. And um, let's talk a little bit about um, our last track we're going to play, which is how. And um, it's just a um, very simple name. How would how did you come up with that? Well, um, looking back at my life and looking back at looking back at where I am and looking back at my life, they don't match. Where mm-hmm. I am, 
and where I should be is different. Mm. And God has just blessed me to, and he's put me just in different spaces and in different different arenas. I am yeah. teaching at Duke Ellington. Wow. School yeah. of the Arts. Amazing. I did not apply for Duke Ellington. Mm-hmm. I did not. I had no inherent desire to even be at Duke Ellington. Didn't know they were hiring. One of my old college professors said, hey, would you take a job for me? I said, yep. What do you want me to do? He said, you're the new <laughs> composer at, at Duke Ellington. Go up there. Tell them you're the new composer. And and that was that. <laughs> That's amazing. It's it's amazing. It's amazing. Um, I have a wonderful family. I have a, a, you know, I have a lovely wife. I have two amazing, smart kids. Um, my youngest daughter at Duke Ellen, she she has a three point nine four grade point average. Wow. Um, my oldest daughter is about to graduate Spelman with a music degree, and she's a writer and a composer. Hmm. And when I think of all of that, right. you know, it makes right. me. Here's the truth. It it makes me ask God how. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. for, for, you know, for God to love me and to, to treat me the way he does, knowing all of my, all, knowing all of my sins, knowing all of my proclivities, knowing mm. all of the struggles that I had. Mm-hmm. And he, it's, it's like a mother's love times 10. Mm. You know, anybody that has a good mother, you got to ask yourself, man, how could mom love me when I make this mistake and this mistake? Right, right. This mistake and the love is just mm. unconditional and it never changes. Wow. And God's love is like that. And and me being transparent, it it's so amazing. It makes me ask, how? How could you do that? Because mm. if the tables were turned, I couldn't do that for you. Mm. But you do that for me. Um, And it's sung by a good friend of mine named Antonio McClendon. And he's the only person that's not from the DMV on this CD. Everybody mm. else is from the DMV, from the from the mixing engineer to the horn players to the string players. It's all done here at home in the DMV. And mm. He's the only guy. He's the only exception to the rule. Now you might remember that name because his father was the old man on uh, Sunday Best on BET. Oh, Go really? Wild McClendon. Do you remember him? Yeah, yeah. It's his son. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and it's it's my interpretation of of being thankful, almost to the point of, you know, inquisition. How how can you love me like this? How can you do this? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? When I'm not perfect, when I have you know my flaws and things. Wow. I wish I would have videotaped it just to catch that look of humility that fell over your face and changed your whole countenance as you started speaking about this track. Wow, that's so powerful. Here it is, How on Turn It Up, P.J. Morgan. How could you care For someone like me With all my fault and failure Till you died to set me free Then you rose again And put your spirit in me How could you care For someone like me Could you love 
not once but twice I left you And you came running back to me Pleading, come home You've a better life for me How could you love someone like me? How could you be by the side of someone like me when all my friends left me you put your arms around me and then you told me that you never leave my side so much wrong How do you still stay there for me How could you love someone mm-hmm. How could you be by the side for someone like me When I often fall away Why do you stay right there by my side? No love like your love. How can you love someone? Someone like me. I don't understand. Oh, you love I didn't love myself You were always Right by my side Oh Lord How can you care for me Why is it that you always stay Can't understand how you do what you do. Thank you, thank you, thank you. How do you do what you do when you do what you do for me? How can you care the way you care for me? How can you care? Someone like me See, I got so many faults And I'm prone to failure But every time I fall down I feel your loving arms surrounding me Thank you for caring Caring for me 
powerful music oh man and look and we are we're we're just about through but i'm looking forward to having you back on the show again um this has just been a phenomenal interview and i uh, can't wait to air this and uh, i'm sure people are going to reach out to you and be blessed by it because not only did they learn a lot about uh, pj morgan but they learned a lot about the industry itself and a strategy and a plan to make it work yeah, well, thanks. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you know you reaching out to a new artist. It's a it's a blessing to be able to have a platform like this to share my gift and my music. Mm, yeah, well, um, it's important too for new artists to continue to um, not try to go about the music industry in the way that they may have thought it was in the past, as well as. It used to be where you could go back to an old artist and they could tell you something that would help you in the industry. And now, unless they've kept up themselves, you really can't use that information. It just doesn't apply anymore. So exactly. I think it's very important for someone like you to be able to share your experiences so people can pick out some of the right things instead of trying to think back on how someone else may have made it years back and understand that now it requires a lot more effort. And so an artist has to think about quickly, when are they going to ask for help and how much do they want to do for themselves? Yeah. 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 So that that's really good stuff. All right. Well, PJ, well, look, thank you very much. And again, um, we hope to hear from you again real soon. Oh, you will. Thanks a and, lot, Mr. Uh, Gordon. All right. Special thanks to our producer, Donna Hardiman. Um, this has been turned it up. Donna. <laughs> this has been Turn It Up on blogtalkradio.com. Special thanks to Reed Temple AME, where Reverend Dr. Lee P. Washington is the pastor for allowing us studio access to produce this interview, and our producer, Donna Hardiman. I'm Michael Fordham, and you've been listening to Turn It Up on blogtalkradio.com. Before you go, here's a little something to take with you. Ask God for wisdom daily, but know that your lesson can come from anybody or any situation, good or bad, friend or foe. Watch your thoughts. They become words. And watch your words. They become actions. And watch your actions. They become habits. And watch your habits. They become your character. And watch your character. It becomes your destiny. Until we meet again, Take care of what becomes of you.